Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Hannah Sutter, the CEO and founder of Natural Ketosis. The website is uh, naturalketosis.co.uk. So, Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Very, very good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been doing a series on uh, ketogenic diets and ketosis, and um, you know, I found that everyone that's in it has their own backstory. So, what uh, what led you to uh, be interested in this kind of stuff? Um, I was just a lawyer uh, working in the city of London, and um, I read uh, in my husband's uh, medical journal, he's a doctor, things uh, that were published really um, uh, by uh, a number of quite well-known doctors, including Eric Westman and others, about the ketogenic diet and what impact it had on um, a number of obese and diabetic patients. And... I really just thought it was really interesting, and I went and found a, an equivalent specialist in in London, and mm. he explained to me why eating so much carbohydrates is not really good for a lot of the population, not everybody, but a lot of the population. And that's okay. how I started, and I then um, decided not to, I'm not, I'm neither a diabetic nor am I obese, but uh, I decided to just stop eating um, starch and, and sugar and ketosis. And what frustrated me was that you couldn't buy natural products. So there was a lot of mm. products for the ketogenic diet, um, like um, I shouldn't mention yeah, um, other brands, but uh, but they all they all um, it had artificial sweeteners or artificial ingredients. Um, mm. And that's why I started my business. I just thought, surely you can be keto and be natural at the same time. Right. Yeah, I've noticed when um, you know when I'm out and about, the easiest things to find are carbs and sugar. They're everywhere in everything. And then finding protein and vegetables is much harder. But finding you know um, fat is the hardest of all. So it's like uh, everything is geared towards you know to be nearly impossible you to eat ketogenically unless you like go and search for you know and prepare your own foods yeah and a lot of paleo foods are not keto because they'll have honey in them or they will include a number of um what the paleo see as clean you know perfectly with vegetables but will probably take you out for doses anyway so um so there's, there's overlap between paleo and keto but they're not necessarily the same so what what's your solution? Are you um, providing recipes? Are you actually pro- providing meals? Or what's um what's your particular solution? From breakfast, um, breakfast right the way through to dessert. I've been doing this for uh, fifteen years. So. Wow. <laughs> so I, I know I, I I really did start a long time ago. So yeah, we make everything from breakfast to dessert, and. Um, yeah, and, and the key thing is that it has to be natural. It really does have to be quite wholesome. Because for me, that that's quite important as well for your gut. I'm, I'm very interested in you know, what your gut is doing uh, as well as what's mm. happening to your, 
your pancreas. And um, and for me, I think the biggest worry is a lot of the artificial ingredients really affect the gut, and and, a, and an unhealthy gut is not a good thing, basically. Yeah. What What do you consider? Um, you know, what do people that eat either keto or various other diets consider natural that you don't think is natural and should be uh, should not be consumed? You know, is well, there certain sweeteners or certain yeah. things that people think are natural but are not? Well, there's a lot of sweeteners that people don't even think natural that are in a lot of keto products like Splenda um, and aspartame and maltitol and xylitol and sorbitol and all the poly oils. So they, I don't think, are particularly good. I think there are natural sweeteners like stevia, which I won't use, um, but I, I do. I have been told by many that they are natural and they're absolutely fine. I don't know if there's been enough studies done yet as to whether or not stevia is good or bad. Um, but we don't even use stevia. The only thing we do use is inulin, and inulin actually is a sweetener. It's a natural fiber. And it's a fantastic because it's prebiotic. And that means it's not only not a sweetener, it's actually really good for your gut because um, it's prebiotic. Oh, yeah, I've heard inulin is, right, it's food for beneficial bacteria that live in your gut. But you yeah. said, is it also a sweetener? It has. It is very pure. If you use it in a very pure, a very pure quality, which is what we do, it does actually have a naturally sweet taste. Uh, but it's 100% fiber. So we use it both as a fiber and, uh, as you say, uh, feeds your feeds your good gut microbes. But also it does give us a very gentle sweetness to our products. So not everything is savory. We do have some sweet options. That's really cool because, yeah, that's um, that's hard to do is get something natural and good for you <laughs> and a prebiotic that also sweetens things a bit. That's great. So we're not very sweet. I know we, we recently launched a range of products in America. We did a test launch. And the mm-hmm. feedback was fantastic. But one of the comments was, oh, it's not very sweet. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think um, our products in America are, are, are liked. We're not particularly known for being super sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've noticed is if, um, you know, I've been eating this way, not strictly, but, you know, I'm probably like, yeah. you know, modified Atkins low carb i'm not keto i mean it's a little bit too extreme for me but i I try to get close but i've noticed um the less sugar you have you know after a few weeks you um you perceive things to be a lot sweeter than they used to be so something being a little bit sweet would probably be just fine you know We, we normally say to our customers you need to give it six weeks and there's actually recently or in the last couple of years been a study i think out of new zealand and australia which kind of tested that and they agreed it's about six weeks sort of begin to really change some of his um, taste palate. So that, as you mm. said, if you, get, if you can do it long enough, you actually don't really want to go back and eat stuff. Yeah, if I try stuff that you know I used to have before, it's like, blech, it's so sweet. Yeah. But I, I realize, too, I think that's, that's the problem with people putting in even artificial sweeteners into stuff. Because if you keep it super sweet, your body will never get to the point where it's okay with not having super sweets. So it keeps you in that, it, it keeps yeah. you in danger, I think, of having the wrong foods by having the artificial sweeteners. I don't think it helps you at all, you know? Well, I think it's, um, it's a bit like the old, you know, heroin, heroin replacement. You know, you can get, you can stop people taking heroin if you give them 
um, I can't remember what was it, dimorphine or one of the other replacement drugs, but you actually don't really solve the problem. You just move mm. them on to something else. And I, I'm not, not saying for a minute it's exactly like that, but our experience yeah. over the last 15 years is if, if you want to change your life, then it is, in the long term, it's easier just to give up sleep stuff. <laughs> just, it's life is easier. Yeah, you have to, yeah. So have you have you tried to make a food program that slowly gets less and less sweet? And if you know, does that work? Where you have to go like cold turkey, get through the six <laughs> weeks, and then you're okay. Well, sure, that's really interesting. I would say uh, the way our program works is everything is just without the sweetness right from the go. But we know a lot of customers over time we've learned that they will be adding a bit of or stevia into things to, 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 to sweeten things up. I think it's individual. Do you know, I just don't think there's any rules of this. I think some people can do the cold turkey and it works really, really well. Other people need to just do it really slowly over a long period of time and and, okay. and hopefully get there. Cool. Mm. Do you find that people are afraid to eat the food because the fat content is so much higher? You know, they've always thought fat was bad. I mean, like, what, what reservations do people have to well, eat uh, and to go, go keto, you see? Well, you see, it's really interesting because, you know, you've just clearly shown, I think, that you see keto being having to eat super high fat. Now, it's really interesting. There's definition, there are actually three sort of, what we call sort of definitions of keto. And there's sort of keto, which is the classical keto, which is, you know, the 75% fat. And that is mm. super high fat. And then you've got modified Atkins or modified classical, which is where you focus predominantly on keeping your carbs below 20 grams thereabouts a day. And you eat as much protein as you need. And then the fat makes up the rest. And then, interestingly right. enough, the original um, weight loss keto diet was 50 grams of uh, carbs a day. And actually, fat doesn't need to be super fat. And in fact, Interestingly, it can't be low fat, but it, it doesn't have to be super fat. And of course, one of the problems that people do is they think, well, you have to be super high fat. And often when people are losing weight, when they're doing it to lose weight, and it's different for diabetics and epileptics and other problems. But um, when you lose weight, if you actually do eat a load of fat, even though you still will be in ketosis, if you keep your carbs really low, um, you won't actually lose that much weight because you'll still be having so many, so much fat. So the food program we use under natural ketosis is actually not super high fat. We have super high fat products, which are um, we 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 have different brands, but the natural ketosis business is medium fat, uh, medium protein, very low carb. So it will get people into ketosis, but it's not super, super fat. Okay, so you've observed if people have plenty of protein, and then it's okay. They don't need tons of fat. It depends what you're doing. So we often make food for um, the medical market for epilepsy and other conditions, and that is super fat. You know, it's super low carb and it's super fat. It's what we call classical, where it's, uh, the ratio has to be three to one. Uh, and so for that condition, you definitely need those fats. And for men that are doing extreme sports, you know, the, the fabulous sort of iron men who are doing on keto, they really right. do need a lot of fat because they are just 
burning through those calories and they need that fat. But for weight loss, you want fat because you don't want carbs, but you don't necessarily have to be super high fat it, it, and, and still be in potatoes. I don't need to remember the old Atkins. Sorry, Dr. Atkins, you know? Yeah, because yeah, he used to start at 20 grams of carbs per day uh, just to get people quickly into ketosis, to quickly get them burning fat. But he would very rapidly try and get people up to about 50 grams a day because he didn't want them necessarily having so much fat that they wouldn't continue to lose weight. You could say his name was Atkins, not Fatkins, right? Atkins, Robert Atkins, Dr. Atkins. No, 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 I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm saying his name is Atkins, not Fatkins. Oh, so right. okay with it. Yeah, sorry. I'm missing yeah. it. I'm really sorry. Um, no problem. So, yeah, what, so he he wasn't really you know, super, super fat. Well, what are the uh, top reasons people tell you why they are willing to do the, uh, you know, try your products and, you know, do a ketogenic diet? Um, I think, you know, I would say a good... Um, 35% are people with uh, who are obese or trying to lose weight, and they've tried everything else, and they've reached the end of the line, and they think, well, I'm going to try this weird keto diet. Um, then I would say another good, uh, th- um, I would say probably another about 30% of diabetics who have also struggled in a number of with different diets or just reducing carbs a little bit. Because, you know, often uh, with diabetics, they start by reducing a bit of carbs and then they maybe want to get into ketosis to see the difference. And the last group are a mixture of, we do get quite a lot of weight lifters who will do it. And, um, and then in the medical side, it's, it's really uh, epileptics, you know, people with drug-resistant epilepsy. So what do um what have you know I know results may vary I know that um what do you notice amongst all these groups like what happens to them and how long on your program you know maybe start with the different groups and go through them yeah I would say with diabetics most of them really just need a, a month because they kind of learn because it's going to be forever I mean a diabetic really will um if they stay pretty low carb. So this life, the, the diabetes is manageable. Um, so they see the lifestyle, but often the diabetics tend to work with them for about a month. And by the end of that month, they really have got very confident about food choices, how to eat this way. Um, they, they kind of work it out for themselves. And at that point, they really don't need us anymore. They might buy the odd snack or treat or breakfast cereal from us. But mostly they're doing it themselves. And then um, sort of guys who are awakening, they again will use us maybe for two weeks to really get into deep ketosis and just, you know, in preparation for an event or, or something. So, so, you know, people looking to lose weight, I would say the average self save versus about eight weeks. And then normally they will revert to buy just the occasional meal. So they'll want to do it for themselves, which is great. Um, and what they'll then do is just buy from us the occasional meal to have you know, to have occasionally when they're tired or fed up. Well, I would think that the convenience of your meals would encourage a lot more people to just keep buying them. You know, like they're into the lifestyle, they're having success. 
um, I know, but I think we know. we're not we kind of trying to encourage people to to do it for themselves a bit because it we think it's kind of long term. It's easier so teach people how to eat out when they're in restaurants or doing takeaways. How do they make good choices so that they can live a life which is independent on ready-made meals? You know, we <laughs> we kind of feel good for what what percentage of people um, <clears throat> fall out, fall off the wagon, and are there certain uh, groups that do that more than others? And when does it happen, and all that? Yeah, we have. Um, we used to have. We used to run a full wagon, uh, you know, off the wagon um, sort of an account, and we don't spend so much time on that now because I guess we kind of understand our market better. But we, we used to run at about ten percent. So ten percent of people that started a program of two months would not complete it. They would struggle to complete it. That's that's a pretty good success rate. So 90% got through it? Yeah. 90% of our customers would complete two months. And then if they want to do three or four months, because we used to to have a lot of people wanting to do it for four months, and we don't do that so much anymore because the fallout rate then drops to about 30%. So we say to people, look, do it for two months, you're going to really, really get there. And at the end of two months, you can decide what you want to do. And, you know, and, and, and that seems to work really, really well. They tend to come back to it for customers, but to buy individual items, not necessarily buy a whole month's time. So we, we know they're still doing it, but they're doing it in a sustainable way. Why do you think that um, people will make it through the, the hardest point? But then they they fall off after two months. I would think the you know the first two months is like the hardest, right? Yeah, but I think what people do is they just get bored. So if they do it for two months, they get great success, and then they're not getting all their food from us. I think what it allowed people to do was um, I guess that you know give them that freedom to eat out a lot more and do things that weren't dependent on food being delivered to their home. So in some ways, we get better success by giving people more freedom. And that means that their customers with us for longer, they're very loyal, but um, but they're independent, which I think is kind of a good thing. Well, what do you see that uh, makes people fall out? Is it boredom or are they, I don't know, like, do they think, you know, I could just have this one thing, I'll be okay? Or <laughs> I don't know, what do you think is doing it? I think it is. I think it's I'll just have this one thing and they eat that huge, great big sandwich or they have that massive bowl of pasta and then they have this major sugar high. They have an incredible sugar low and they feel really miserable. So they then go do something equally bad again. And before you know it, they're out of for their acetosis and they just feel really miserable. So then, then they have to sign up, sign up pull themselves together. But I think if, you, if it's not too strict and people see it as a lifestyle, then they're less likely to sort of throw themselves off the wagon in such a dramatic way. I mean, that's our experience over 15 years, is that you know, if people can begin to see it as a way of living, they'll stick with it for longer. Well, do you see that people that have diabetes are more compliant or less compliant or epileptic people are more compliant? Like amongst the groups, Much more. who do you I, see comprise that? Yeah. Oh, my God. The compliance level is unbelievably different. 
So, for example, um, diabetics who are drink their bloods every day, they can immediately see that when they're keto, they are so in control of their blood. And so that really motivates them to stay keto because they're just getting feedback constantly from their blood readings. So, mm. so we know you, you can see the difference. If you give them a blood glucose meter, they just immediately melt keto. It's a really easy thing. With epileptics, the amazing thing is, and it is amazing, some children who might be having 50 fits a day will go on a keto diet, a particular medical ketogenic diet, and find that their seizures are not only halved, but are completely eradicated within maybe a couple of days. Now, that is truly motivating <laughs> to stop the fits coming back. So I think um, when you've got the person and that, it's very hard not to stick with it. It's very hard not to. I guess the people that um, feel like they have a gun to their head, it's a lot easier yeah. for them to do the diet, right? Yeah. I mean, some people do love keto. The minute I did it, the first time I did it, I wasn't even with a problem. I loved it. I actually loved eating fat, eating protein, eating green vegetables. I didn't ever really miss the past. Um, the starch and sugar. So... There is always a minority of people like me who did love it. But I think it's a lifestyle. It helps to have something motivating you for your health. How do you feel after um, you know eating this way for so long? I mean, you're like one of the ancients that has been doing it for a very long time. It seems like it's only in the last, you know, three years that it's even gotten somewhat popular. Um I, I don't know. I, I've done it for so long. I feel well. Um, I feel energetic. I feel good. Um, I, I'm very lucky. At my age, a lot of people start having a lot of problems. I'm 57. And a lot of, I think a lot of women um, talk about having, finding the menopause difficult or finding lacking in energy or feeling old. Um, I don't, I've been very lucky, and I do put down a lot to the ketogenic diet, I'll be honest. I think I've kept slim. I've um, not had a lot of problems with uh, the menopause, and, um, and I've kept active and fit uh, because I eat, I don't know, it's really, the human body. I actually do believe that, uh, and I like it, you know. It's not difficult for me. Okay, very good. Um, so what, uh, what's next for your program? Like, what are your goals for the next year? Are you going to be expanding into different areas? or? You know? Yeah, we, bringing, we want to bring to America this range of bars called Fat Bars, which are high in fat. And um, we did a test launch in the beginning of this year, and it went very well. So the big plan at the moment is getting ready. We've sent uh, the, the website, and we're just getting everything teed up to do this in America. Um, we are supporting one quick uh, clinical trial in America on breast cancer. So we're very excited that our food is being used to help um, help in the breast cancer trial. And we hope that that will be expanded later on this year um, with some other trials that we've been asked to get involved in. Um, so that's really exciting for us. And um, 
we, we continue to work in the electric field and bring out new products over for the electric market, which is growing. Um, so more and more electrics are choosing keto as opposed to drugs to help them manage their condition, which is very, very exciting. Okay. Well, very good. So what's the best way for people to find out more, you know, about uh, um, your products and to talk to you and everything if they want? Well, if you want to do the chat first, we do have online chat. I'm always happy to talk to people in, in person as a team of us that uh, develop keto. So they can find us at www.naturalketosis.co.uk or they can go to uh, www.nlckitchen.com. Uh, that's our other sister site, which is um, um, also does very similar things. Um, and people can contact us, and if they want, we're always happy, free of charge, to, to, to give people advice about the people who have been doing it for, I think I first, mm. I launched my first product in, yeah, 2004, so quite a few years of, um, of doing this, um, so we, we're always happy. That's great. Okay. Well, Hannah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep it going. Don't, you know, I know you're not going to give up. And Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for the interview, and uh, all the best. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.